0: Welcome to Where Is My Mind, the podcast that talks about music and mental health. We have a different guest each week who talks us through their emotional playlist, hosted by me, Tom. The guest for episode three is Josh Redup, or better simply known as Posh. Posh is the basis of a UK band called Palm Reader. Posh talks to us about a mixture of things from Palm Reader and their latest album, Sleepless, how it's been in a band during lockdown, his love of coffee, and of course, his playlist picks. Cool. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm um, ready for us to hit gardens again from Monday, but apart from that, I'm. Oh, I'm God, all yeah, good. I'm so looking forward to that. <laughs> I know the amount of barbecues I've already. Even though this won't come out before next Monday, it'll come out after. Yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, everybody is enjoying barbecues again and being able to sit <laughs> outside with six people. Um, so, let's just tell people who you are for those who don't know. Uh, would you mind giving us a little introduction to who you are? Yeah, um, everyone, my name's Josh, everyone knows me as
1: Posh, uh, I play bass in Palm Reader, um, I also work in a coffee shop, and I'm that kind of nerdy, over-the-top, if it takes me four hours to make a cup of coffee, it's probably <laughs> going to be better than what you're drinking kind of person.
0: <laughs> so before we get into the real kind of questions, as you mentioned coffee, if you had to, out of like the big mm-hmm. coffee chains, so yeah. if we're talking about our costas, our Pret are nero's starbucks what would you say is the best out of those four i before i got into speciality
1: coffee not that people can hear hear me do air quotes
0: um
1: (laughs) but uh i used to drink at nero so i'd probably say that uh partially because the people that worked at my local one were really sound um yeah it was just better
0: yeah i i actually that's that's my worst out of the four um really yeah, I would say I'd go probably Starbucks just slightly uh, in that four. Um, but mm. I don't work in coffee, but I definitely have become a coffee snob uh, over the years. Because mm. I think the same with beers. Like, we just live in a world where there's so much good coffee that you could get. Yeah. Whether it's you're making at home or you can just go to, like, a good shop. That, uh, I don't know, I just, uh, I don't mind walking an extra five, ten minutes to get a really good coffee absolutely and like you say
1: it's the same with beers i mean um stretch our singer used to work in a bar called junkyard which is like a tap house and yeah they'd have like 12 taps on it would change like twice a week that kind of thing three fridges full of whatever wanky beer (laughs) all well expensive but i was like it's the same like we used to the way we both would talk about things like that is like he talk about different hops. i talk about different coffee farms, and <laughs> taste notes and all that shit. I was like, God, we're dickheads, aren't we?
0: <laughs> so uh, I was actually going to save this question to slightly later, but as we're talking about coffee now, um, as we all were stuck in, and I think people, I know friends have as well, and I'm trying to have been improving their home coffee setup. Um, as a coffee connoisseur like you are, what would you say are like the must-haves for that kind of lockdown coffee setup? What, what do people need? were uh, well, um,
1: so I mostly do like filter coffee. So I haven't got like a espresso machine at home. Um, a Adjustable grinder, preferably with burrs for one, that's like a must. Um, and a set of digital scales that I've got like, they go to decimal points and stuff. Um, they're just, when you're weighing out, especially for like filters, like V60s, AeroPress, that kind of thing, they're spot on. That's, if you can get a timer on them, that's even better, but. Yeah, actually a little timer as well. I mostly just use
0: my phone. But... Mm. Nice. That yeah, works. scales and a good grinder. And what is it about coffee that you obviously, the taste is obviously a given, but mm. is there the process in making a coffee? Do you find it quite calming? Do you find it quite soothing? Like, what yeah, is it very about? much
1: so. Like my morning ritual is like making a filter, like AeroPress or V60 usually. And it's just kind of like that's, that's how I start my day. That's kind yeah. of, it's my, my little, like, breakthrough. Like, I drink so much coffee. Even when I'm not, <laughs> not at work, people just like, oh, I bet you don't drink that much at work. And so, at home, sorry, I was like, no, all the time. <laughs> like, I've got three nice. or four bags out, out of my kitchen at the moment from, like, different roasters and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, this all tastes amazing. And <laughs> I spend too much money on it.
0: Yeah. Do you have um, when you guys could go on tour back in, back in mm. the good old days? Did you guys have do you have certain spots um, that you would go to if you were like in Leeds or elsewhere?
1: Yeah, have- I used to. Um, there's an app that I use called Bean Hunter, which is a really sketchy name. Um, <laughs> and I, if I'm, I've used it like around Europe and stuff. It would be like it will tell you where there's like specialty coffee shops. Okay. And I've gone out of my way to go to a shitload... I mean, like Brighton, there's loads. Um, hmm. i try and think where else... London, there's obviously loads. Nottingham, I know a bunch. Um, God, I actually can That's how long I haven't been on tour for. I can't actually <laughs> remember. Coffee shops I go to. Like, whenever in uh, Berlin, I go to the barn or... I oh know, Barn's not in Berlin. can't remember what that is. Uh, but they've got Five Elephants, which is incredible. Oh, sweet. And, yeah, it's just it's just nice getting out and trying different. It also, it's something to look forward to, mm. right? especially if you've got there, got to a city and it was like, cool, what am I going to do now? I'm just going to go for a walk and get some coffee. And it's that, that little bit of like alone time that you kind of need as well. Because like playing the venues that we do, tiny dressing rooms, you're on top of each other all the time, touring in a crappy little van where all you want to do is sleep. And I read a lot on tour. So if I'm just being like, I'm going to go for a 20 minute walk, find a coffee.
0: That's, that's kind of my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I, I used to live in Brixton and, um, I used to love kind of just walking a little bit, kind of that continuous discovery of coffee shops. Um, but it's less so where I'm living now, but I'm kind of moved back to my home spot and even in like the three, four years I haven't lived here for, there've been a few different places opened up and it's been quite nice since I've moved back to kind of try and figure out where my go-to coffee shop's going to be. Um, I definitely have over the years really grown to coffee quite, quite quite important in my daily routine especially during lockdown in the sense of you know obviously I used to have one on my commute and then when I was in the office and obviously don't have that now so having um and I'm in the process of buying a flat so one of the reasons for asking you about home setup is just trying to get a uh, hint for myself of what I should be buying for uh there's some wicked little espresso machines out there as well if you want to spend like to
1: get a decent one, you're looking... I mean, the ones I've been looking at recently, about two grand, and that definitely ain't going to happen. But you can get... <laughs> you can get, like, little semi-decent, uh, like, Sage ones for... Like, Sage Barista Pro, I think it's about five, six hundred quid. It sounds a lot, but, like, they come with built-in grinders and stuff. And Oh,
0: cool.
1: A decent grinders, like... The one I'm looking at at the moment, so Wilfer something, can't remember. It's, like, 150. Okay. So if you add that onto top of the espresso
0: machine and stuff it's not too bad yeah nice well um you've given me some things to think about for my coffee setup up at home so thank you for that oh I'll just send you links to <laughs> please do a that'll show. be amazing <laughs> um so thank you for coming on and obviously the idea behind this podcast is talking about that emotional connection that we have with music and how music kind of help and support our kind of different different feelings and emotions so before we go into talking about your playlist um I suppose we should start from the beginning um, how did you form that connection with music? What was the band, the record, the song that kind of really kind of grabbed you? Um, so I got into a
1: lot of music thanks to my mum. She okay. was a punk back in the day. Oh, sweet. So like, she used to give me like her, she's given me all of her old records and stuff. And um, Palm Read originally started in Woking, which is generally from where I'm from. And she used to have... Like, there used to be a lot of punk shows and stuff happening in Woking and Guildford. So The Jam, for example, are from Woking. Town Called Malice is about Woking. Um, There was always a big kind of connection. It's Hmm. what I got brought up on, like. um, And then obviously through friends and stuff that I, um, when I was at school, my mate's older brother, uh, got him into Nirvana, Pearl Jam, uh, Soundgarden, stuff like that. And in turn, he was like, hey, listen to these records. Um, which is great, uh, my Toby. Um, and yeah, I don't know who you like. My mom was a massive Bowie fan as well, so I love him. Um, uh, Susie and the Banshees, Bad Manners, The Jam, uh, just stuff like that. And I can't remember, if, like, Nirvana Nevermind was definitely a big record for me growing up, which I think anyone who's like, I'm 31, I think anyone around yeah. our kind of age groups, it's that's one of the records. If you didn't like
0: Metallica, you like Nirvana next. Yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah, I mean, I'm 36, so those two albums (coughs) were very prominent for me um, in kind of getting more into alternative music. Um, Mm -hmm. What was the, I mean, obviously this isn't one of the songs for the playlist, but what's that kind of song in your kind of like teenage years where you really kind of get to kind of, uh, for me, teenage years is where I discovered what kind of music I liked and would kind of continue down that road. What was that kind of band for you in your teenage years that kind of really got you hooked on alternative music? So I yeah, I
1: think like a lot of people are around our kind of age, I got into a lot of music thanks to like the Tony Horse Pro Skater games. Uh, yeah. So um, that and a, an array of different like compilation CDs got me into, like I, I always like punk and stuff like that. And my taste just got kind of heavier. And like through Tony Horse games, I found Bad Religion, AFI, And then a friend gave me Rock Against Bush volume two, which is like a compilation of um, like, Offspring, uh, Against Me, Less Than Jake, Billy Bragg, shit loads of bands like that. And I discovered so many bands through that. And I was like, oh yeah, kind of like punk rock exists. And then through that I got into, I had friends that were into hardcore, and they got me into Come Back Here, November Coming Fire, The Legacy, and then from there it was like, oh, Dillinger Escape Plan, Converge, <laughs> Cult of Luna, and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, very similar. I think, I mean, I, I remember, you know, me and my friends being really into kind of like Blink and all those bands from that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, like one of my first ever yeah. shows
1: was Blink at uh, Wembley, can't remember what date, and Lost Profits as well, actually, but we'll forget oh. that one
0: don't I don't know if we can mention them um I think I th- uh yeah um but no yeah I, I always find it interesting people's kind of that kind of teenage years where they really kind of cement what they're going into and I think a lot of people it's kind of you know whatever bands Krang told you about or if you're an indie boy Q yeah you had those real like, I don't think it's as prominent now but I remember for my brother who's really into indie Q was like his bible and much like Kerrang was my Bible. Yeah. Um so whatever band Kerrang told me to listen to, I I went and listened to. Oh yeah. Um we got
1: an introduction page in Kerrang! God, years and years ago, and my mum nearly cried.
0: She was like, <laughs> I, I, I I used to buy you those when you were a teenager. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but talking when you said you, obviously we're talking about Palm Reader. Um, how's it been for you guys? Obviously, last year was in a weird way, a pretty big year for you because obviously you released your record "Sleepless," which I feel is your kind of best record to date, um, oh, sorry, and way. I feel like that's <laughs> and I feel like that's the record that has kind of moved you guys up a level in terms of uh, kind of people knowing about you and obviously your kind of role in the kind of scene. Um, what was it like releasing that kind of important record while she couldn't go and promote it and play? It must have been a bit of a trip.
1: It was. It was weird. Like it was. It was a mixture of, we didn't realize how well it was going to be taken. And uh, like, like so I think it is the record that kind of stepped up. Like Braille was good. Braille was like a gateway record for us. So we'd gone from that kind of fast, uh, techie hardcore. Braille had some more choruses, like and a bit more dynamics and stuff. And then Sleep, well, Sleepless was the next step along in whatever path this is, we seem to be taking. Um. Yeah, when the record went out, it was very well received, which is amazing. Like, it was, like we've kind of... Because we're, we're a band that's 10 years old now. Like we were saying the other day, it's like a lot of the bands that we used to tour with or were friends with, they've all split up. Um, I think the only bands we've got left now are from, like, back in the day are Employed to Serve, but they're still relatively young, and Black Peaks. Oh, and Polar are still going as well. Um, but, like, the Catharsis, Black Dogs, Dead Hearts... They're all long gone. Let's Talk Daggers, who we did our first ever tour with. Um, so, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was kind of weird. Because we're like, okay, cool. Like, this is this is it. Like, But we take every record. <laughs> we nearly break up on every single record. Which is <laughs> so like, because all of us minus Dan now are in our 30s. And he's getting very close to 40. So we're all just like... Girlfriends are kind of like when you're getting a real job, that kind of thing. <laughs> and we're just taking it record by record. So we had the talk about if this doesn't go well, we're probably done. And we accepted it. It was that was fine. We knew what was happening. However, this record has been taken pretty well, and and yeah, it was releasing during a pandemic is frustrating because you're like, cool, let's do this big album release show, all this jazz. Nope, can't do anything of that. I can barely even see the guys in my band. Um, uh, We did a c- couple of things that were kind of cool. Like we did the Kerrang! session of Blondies and we did our... Yeah, I watched
0: that. It was amazing. Yeah, that
1: was really fun. You don't realise how small that space is. Like it's smaller than my living room. And... It look,
0: I mean, I think the fact that you guys are mostly in our line, <laughs> I really enjoyed. Yeah, I had to be like at a certain angle because whenever Dan hit his ride, it would...
1: Swapped me on the arm <laughs> it's like cool <laughs> but yeah we did that we did the um we did the church session that was really cool and um, it looked amazing thanks to um, mm. our friends Sam Lees and Hamish and Lewis and everyone that was involved Joe who did the lights and so we had some like really cool stuff happen and they said like it, it was it was a bit of a breakout year for us I guess because mm. we still a lot of people still don't know who we are and that always sounds like arrogance but like We've been around a long time now. We've done some, like, big profile tours and stuff. Probably when we were too young. Like, we did the Protester Hero Tour. God, we were we were a young band. And we did not know any better. Uh, we should not have been doing something like that. <laughs> I think we have only been together, like... I'd say, like, three or four years. Which I guess is still quite a long time for a hardcore band.
0: Yeah. And, and what does... And I suppose this question is coming from someone who's not in a band. Um, Obviously, having released an album in lockdown, does that now push you guys back? And I know, obviously, you know, you said about, you know, we usually would break up after a record or discuss it. In terms of the next record, and obviously I don't know if you guys have discussed that, does it push you back a little bit? So do you say everything that we would have planned for this year, we've got to do, you know, in 2021 and 2022, and then we might be looking at a record in 23 or 24? Like, has this kind of made you think our like for the, everything that's going forwards, we're now going to be delayed by a year or two years because we've really got to play shows for this record that we haven't got to play yet. Uh,
1: yes and no. So it's, we still have, so we've still got two shows booked for the end, of two shows? Three shows. We've got two big headline shows booked for the end of the year. Uh, whether or not they're going to happen at the moment, I'm hopeful. Fingers crossed everything goes according to plan and such. But... We kind of have to. Just because we'll, we could say, oh yeah, we'll, we'll wait for you know the next one. The music industry doesn't mm. like tours and stuff. Don't wait for you. So it's a case of you still have to. Essentially, what we've done is just write off the year. Mm. Like this, sleepless almost acts like an advert for the next record. Okay, which is a shame because. I really like that record. I think it's
0: mm.
1: our best work. Um, but we can't do anything. Like, the world doesn't wait for you.
0: Yeah. So
1: we have to... We've Like, we've already started writing the next record. Okay. Because we just have to. You just have to keep cracking on. And plus, like, that's part of being a band. Like, people kind of forget the creativity side of things, I think. Um, people get wrapped up in sorry (laughs) people get wrapped up in like uh touring and you know like the big shows and things like that but it's like if your next record like isn't the next step of stuff you're dead
0: in the water Mm. and how different when you mentioned about writing the new record now or started to what what was the process kind of pre-covid and what's the process been obviously you've been Uh, obviously writing remotely Um, but would you guys usually write together in a a space do you guys write remotely anyway so has it actually not been that different how different has this process been for you um well we've only just kind of just started writing this one
1: so it hasn't we're still writing remotely and stuff uh but the last record came together because like our primary songwriters are andy and josh they will write a lot of stuff on their own and then come to a practice room and then we will all get in together and be like like andy will be like i've got this idea for the bass like, okay cool well we can change like you know you put your own flavor and stuff on it um if josh programs in some drums he'll take it to dan and be like cool i'm gonna you know put in these fills and like it's a lot of it does get done in the studio as well um so we did a fourth record with lewis johns we love working with him. Like it's so nice to go in there with and not feel awkward. Mm. And like you just feel super comfortable with him. You just sit down and it's like yeah, cool, okay, let's do this. And he can build he's constantly like, try this, maybe improve this, do this, this and this. Um and He's great to work with, like really great. So it hasn't been too different. Like I guess the only downside is like we can't just we can't take an idea that Andy or Josh have written and then get into the practice room and be like, cool, go, let's just, Mm. let's just jam it out, see what happens. Um, but fingers crossed, things are kind of going that way that we should be able to start doing that again soon.
0: Sweet. And obviously I don't want to talk about kind of the allegations because obviously we all know he's a douche and I don't want to get into the legal side of it, but obviously you guys were one of the unfortunate bands who got caught up with what happened with Holy Raw. Um, obviously in between church road and holy Raw, how was that from a how was that from a mental side for you guys in the sense that you'd written as you've already said your best record to date the label you're going to release it on went um and obviously there was it seemed like a bit of a gap between obviously church road and uh, how was that for you guys like was it you know was it a test was it quite a kind of an a, a anxious moment for you in terms of worry or Um, a little bit. It was, we were angry.
1: Like, we were really angry. Because we, we put a lot of effort into this. Like, a lot of blood, sweat and tears went into this record. And to have it potentially thrown out the window by some dickhead. Mm. um, It's, especially considering it's out of your control. Mm. Like, there is nothing we could have done to prevent this. Like, we didn't, we barely knew the guy before. Like, we've always dealt with Justine, hmm. um, which is why we've now ended up on Church Road. Yeah. Because, I mean, I went to school with Justine and, like... Oh, OK. Uh, we also worked together at one point and, like, I've known Sammy for... Well, she has, really. So we've been friends with those guys for years and years and years. So we were always going to release the record and I think... Even if we were going to self-release it, we're like, it people have to hear this. Like, mm. we've worked too hard not to... And we were really lucky in the sense that Justine and Sammy picked it up and it only got delayed by a month, I think it was. Okay. Which was really cool. But yeah, it it sucks. We were we were angry, if nothing else, because, like I said, like, there was nothing we could do to change how this was going. Um, we were lucky in the sense that we didn't get caught up in people messaging us like, we knew the moment the allegations come out, we're like, right, we're not working with him at all. Yeah. We've nothing to do with this. Um, but, yeah, frustrating, angry, kind of just constantly... There was a lot of frantic emails and stuff trying to find a new home for it and seeing if we could... The other, another big side of it is the financial side of it because they were mm.
0: pressing the record and pressing a record is well expensive. <laughs> yeah it was i mean even as a fan um and obviously i you know i liked a lot of bands on that label um it was really sad i mean obviously what he did was wrong and obviously terrible and uh you know i i've i don't, i don't know justine but i really loved the fact that they kind of stepped up and helped all these bands out um because you know there was a lot of bands who it seems were ready to release records or were just about to or and uh you know when you, and some of the records as well you know, aside from the fact if they were good or not, they were generally very good records that were about to come out Um, and obviously you guys were included in that so um, I felt angry as a fan and as a person because of what you'd done but also as a fan of the bands that are releasing records I was like, oh God, I hope we don't have to wait too long or I hope these records do get released because, yeah, yeah, it was just a, yeah, it was a horrible situation for everybody but I was really pleased that um, those guys have stepped up and I think, I mean, the label seems great uh from outside
1: yeah they they're they're amazing to work with i mean like i said like we know the, those guys really well they're always going to be a joy to work with and they've released some great stuff recently it's like they did mm-hmm. us svalbard i think respire came shortly after uh they've they're doing slow crush or they might have released slow crush um and some other stuff that i can't remember my memory is atrocious but yeah they're doing really well and they kind of have stepped into that that gap that Holy Royal left so you do still have mm. other labels that were that size like uh, Big Scary Monsters who were great um, who else it got
0: It's Pop as well
1: Alco-Pop yeah they're affiliated yeah. with BSM though
0: aren't they I believe so yeah yeah
1: but they're yeah you haven't really got too many kind of mid-sized labels anymore uh, I know Wolfie and Dora are back doing some little bits, um, but like if you look at oh and um, Silent Cole who we released the last record for it as well, um, but aside from that yeah there's not really much going on. Yeah. It's like you you either get signed to a bigger one or nothing at all.
0: Yeah, all self release I guess. Yeah. Um, which as you said it's um, it's not cheap so. Um, unless you, and obviously a lot of bands have to do that because there's not enough labels to go around. Um, but yeah, there's Everything Sucks as well. They're a really good uh, good label um, based down in London. Absolutely. Um, when I've released some great records. Um, yeah, it was it was really crap. But I'm just pleased that it worked out for you guys and obviously mm. for the bands. And uh, yeah, it's a kind of good riddance to him from the scene. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, okay, well, thank you for that um so moving on to the main the main gist of the the chat really so this is the part where I give you some different scenarios and different emotions and you pick a a go-to song for that type of emotion talk about why talk about obviously talk about the song choice a little bit um and then we'll kind of go through so like every good playlist you want to start with a banger you want to start with that really kind of happy happy song so to speak when you are feeling in a good mood you're feeling quite sure about yourself um what is that kind of go-to sound band music that you would kind of go to um so
1: i i guess it kind of depends on what kind of i'm doing at the time but like i'm a massive punk rock fan so bands like bad religion afi alkaline trio against me stuff like that i adore those bands and that's just for the most part such a Full of energy, full of life, kind of genre uh, that I like, I got really into political punk rock when I was younger, so like Rise Against were like my band, um, and that whole that whole scene and that community and stuff like, I really like. So for this uh, song choice wise, I went for if I can find my notes. <laughs> can see I'm prepared. Uh, Yeah, so I've gone for uh, Alkaline Trio's Armageddon. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's off um, From Here to Infirmary, I think.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it was going to be a toss-up between that or Warbrain, which was, I think, the first trio song I heard, which was on that Rock Against Bush CD. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just such a great song. Like, it kicks in, and it's massive. Chorus is huge. Everything about it is great. It's so uplifting but it's called Armageddon. It's clearly about something quite neggy. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's great. I love that band. I've seen them so many times nice. as well. They play, they headlined the, we played Reading and Leeds one year and they headlined our stage and it was just like, oh wow, watching them side stage, so just fanboying.
0: And <laughs> is you mentioned the word uplifting. Is it the type of song that will put you in that mood if you weren't, like say you're in a bit of a funk? and you want to kind of get yourself lifted. Is that the type of song, or is that the type of song you listen to when you're in a good mood, and you want to kind of elevate it?
1: I think it's more when I want to... I think it's more when I want to elevate it. Um, lately, when I've been in a slump and want to get happy, I've been listening to a lot of 90s dance music. Oh, okay. Um, partially bought on because I love that stuff growing up. But Two Minutes to Late Night recently did a bunch of... Like, they do loads of covers, have been doing through lockdown. But they've just covered like a mega mix of like blue double d <laughs> um, rhythm as a dancer and some other stuff and it's with members from like converge uh old man gloom and stuff stuff like that yeah it's really cool and i heard that i was like oh god i love these
0: songs <laughs> so i've just gone through and made like a little spotify playlist of all that kind of crap. oh sweet yeah nice um yeah i mean i love our Trio, so i i love that as a starter and i think um I think that's a very strong opener of a playlist, so I fully I fully endorse that pick. Uh, track two is the inspired song. So obviously inspired is quite a, quite a broad term. Um, it could mean if you want to get inspired, if you're in that creative space, or obviously non-creative. Um, before we kind of talk about the song choice, when you do want to get inspired, so whether that's you know you're writing for Pomerida or you want to make a really good coffee or you're working on another project, etc., um, what what type of music would you listen to to kind of get inspired? Um, this is a, this is a weird one because I wasn't too sure what
1: direction to kind of take it. Um, but I will listen to a lot of kind of driving music, like kind of hard hitting. Mm-hmm straight down the line, driving, big riffs, massive chorus kind of stuff. Um, So lots of cave-in because Brodsky can write a hell of a chorus. And just like that kind of, bit of Baroness, stuff like in that kind of area. Um, I know a, a lot of it's quite neggy and doesn't always work for people, but
0: yeah, I like big riffs, big riffs are great. Nice. And what kind? Of, um, when you guys were writing Sleepless, what what type of music did you guys listen to to kind of inspire you for that record? What was the kind of soundtrack? Shitloads of Cold Luna. In fact, there was a <laughs> lot of
1: Cold <Cult> <laughs> Luna piss on there. Uh, Cold <laughs> Luna, Fries, Kevin. Um, uh, that kind of stuff. Recently, like we're all we're onto like quite different stuff, but there's like a few bands that we all kind of radiate towards. Um, So Dillinger, Converge, Every Time I Die, those kind of things. But then, like, Josh is a big Motown and Soul fan. Uh, Okay. Dan likes more. I don't even know what Dan likes these days. Bit of everything. (laughs) Um, I like a lot of punk rock and slightly doomy, post-hardcore-y stuff. Uh, Gillen likes more doomy bits but me and him kind of have quite a similar taste it's like we're always sending each other weird bands and anything that sounds like isis really the good <laughs> good isis not the terrorist organization
0: yeah no, i i had hoped um you'd be surprised how couldn't. many times i have to explain that to people <laughs> like, yeah i feel like i've heard that in other interviews as well people say they have to make that definition um so going back on to you because obviously mm-hmm. this is about you uh, what is your pick for the inspired for the inspired song?
1: So I've gone for uh Converge Last Light. Nice. It's okay. one of my favourite Converge tracks. It's so I don't know, it's quite inspiring. Like it's oh, just everything about it is so driving and full of passion and it's just if it doesn't like for an incredibly angry sounding band they write a lot of uplifting songs so like uh like the main league line is this is for the heart still beating and it's just oh that's so good like <laughs> the first time i heard it live i genuinely nearly cried they ended on it where i saw him at um Islington academy i i just lost yeah i fucking lost it and then we're yeah I've got I've got it tattooed (laughs) across my ankles as well Um, my mate uh, a guy called Tom Brooker we've got bro tats he's got first light and I've got last
0: light oh nice Mm. and when you you know because you can clearly hear how how that just talking about it got you kind of pumped is that when you listen to it do you can't but help like pick up your instrument or can't help to like want to play a show like does it just make you want to get out and play shows again yeah very much so
1: like it 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 also brings back like memories of like just, yeah, like playing shows and stuff. And just, it just kind of, it fills me with excitement and adrenaline and just, yeah, that
0: want to create. Yeah, I like that. And obviously that fits in really well with the inspired thing. So I think that's really great. Um, Track three is the one where it's tailored to the person so this one's always going to be the picks always going to be slightly different for everybody on the on the podcast um the kind of question I posed to you was that palm reader song that has the most connection to you obviously connection in a kind of meaningful kind of personal way um, before we talk about the song itself um, when you look when you think about the band and you look back at your kind of uh, kind of catalog so to speak is there As as the non songwriter, do you have, do you, do you look at the meaningful connection in kind of other ways in terms of the parts you played, or do you, can you have that connection to the lyrics as well, even though you weren't maybe the primary uh, songwriter? Uh, The lyrics
1: are a little bit of a weird one because I like Josh will come to us and be like, "Has anyone got any ideas for like little bits of inspiration and stuff?" Or like he's asked us to write bits of lyrics and like kind of reword stuff for hims before um i've never been a big lyric person like i'm that kind of person that's like oh i know all this all the words of this song haven't got a scooby idea what they're on about but and <laughs> um, so lyrically it's kind of hard to connect uh, not necessarily hard to connect but it's i don't connect to it as much as say the music because i mean that's yeah, you know, where I sit, I know where I sit in the sonic spectrum. Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah, it's like there are definitely some songs lyrically that I can connect. To. Like the one that I've chosen is one that I can connect with, okay, uh, because his lyrical content is like he's incredibly good at writing metaphoric lyrics and just for that. Uh, um, yeah, so this one I've gone for, oh, what have I gone for? <laughs> Uh, my phone's a piece of shit, so it's a... <laughs> uh, So I've gone for Hold Release uh, of okay. Sleepless. I think it's the first track on the album. So it's generally about... Um, kind of... I was talking to Josh about it last night. Um, my... Uh, one second. So it's for the most part it's about kind of male like the whole like culture of like oh man up don't be a pussy that kind of shit like suppressing mm. that kind of thing and like actually talking about your feelings and everything like that and like I I constantly get told that I have problems communicating okay with where it be I don't know work how I'm actually feeling like my therapist tells me all the time just like we're doing this maybe talk. I'm like, yeah, but eh, it's difficult um, because we have grown up with that kind of strong man yeah, attitude and mentality that has been forced through fucking everything, whether it be your parents, TV, whatever. Like it's being told to grow a pair of balls and stuff like that. <laughs> I was having this conversation with my mate Holly the other day. It's like, um, oh, when you call someone a pussy and she was like, yeah, but a pussy is the most resilient one of the most resilient things in the world. Why wouldn't you want to be a pussy? I'm
0: like, yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, a diff- yeah, that's, a, 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 different look that's, on that's a great way to. <laughs> so, when you said there about, you know, you're maybe not the most express you know, kind of you find, it, you find it hard to open up kind of verbally, um, are you getting better at that? Or do you describe, you know, is, is there other ways that you have to kind of show how you feel if it's not kind of maybe wordy? Um, I'm not too, sh- uh, I'm not too sure.
1: Like, I don't, I don't really think I'm getting better at it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> um, but I do have a really bad tendency to bottle stuff up, let it simmer for ages and then kind of explode. And that gets me in trouble quite a lot. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend hates when I do it. It's great. <laughs> um, so no, no, I'm not getting better <laughs> um, in terms of expressing <laughs> it. enough. Trouble, in terms of expressing it in other ways, I mean, it comes it comes out like how it does with a lot of people in in the form of anxiety, depression, and stuff. And I've always tried to look at anxiety as excess energy. So whether it okay. be from bottling up feelings and stuff like that, and then that's why I just need a release from stuff like that. So I like to run. So I'll go run ten k and be like, cool, that's. Mm. Or, what's been difficult about the pandemic and stuff because I used playing shows as a release so like mm. if people see us live like we do move around quite a lot and that's not forced that's just how the music makes you feel and like especially if you're creating said music it's re- it's a release of feelings anger whatever it's is mm. how you interpret it and like if the crowd pick that up that's cool but if at the end of it no offense to everyone else, but we've all said this, like individually, we're playing for ourselves. Really, we like we make, write music that we want to hear. It's not like, oh, this band it's having Sims and stuffs popular now. We'll start putting that in. We have put Sims on the new record, but that's <laughs> tastefully in where they fit. Um, yeah, yeah, it's no. yeah.
0: I know you mean. I am. Um when people talk to me about the gigs I do, because it's not my nine to five I, I have a job, job. And I always say, I just put on gigs that I would want to go to as a fan. And if other people want to come, then that's great. But if it's just me in a room full of three or four bands I really like, then I'm winning. So uh, I just hope that people like my taste. <laughs> so um, yeah. oh, I, I, I get what you mean. I completely know what you mean. Like
1: uh, I used to put on shows um, in Guildford and Kingston, uh, it was me and two of my friends. We did G1 Punks. And we used to put on oh, shows that we were to see. So I think our first show yeah, was uh yeah. band Yearbook, who were great, who split up a couple of years ago. Hearts Under Fire. Uh, I can't remember who else. I was like, cool. I've just got a load of mates in my ru- in a room that happen to play music. Let's just hang out if you want to play a show. Sick.
0: Yeah. No, totally. It's the same with me. Like I book a lot of friends here in bands and um it's great. Like I you know, the only negative for me is that I have to work it. Um, you know, I'd love to be down the front, kind of, you know, watching them, not selling tickets at the door. Um, but I know you mean. And when you mentioned um obviously you mentioned running, you mentioned obviously not being able to play live and it sounded a little bit like and obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but just getting those good endorphins out, you know, when you've got that yeah. thing you want to release. Were you were you into running pre-COVID, or was COVID, or was running something that you did because you couldn't play shows and you needed that release?
1: Um, I was into it a little bit, nowhere near what I am now. Uh, my mate Johnny was running a lot, and it was like, do you want to come? It's like, yeah, cool. So I was going out two, three times a week um, at the start of the pandemic and stuff because yeah, there's just nothing else to do. And like, I tried, I tried to work out at home and stuff. Like before all this, I was going to the gym. But I find it really difficult to kind of concentrate at home, especially now because you're spending so much time there. So like we've still got our, it's like being creative as well. We've still got our lockup just down the road, so okay. I can just go there and sit and make music for however long I like. Instead of being at home where I constantly am all the time, whilst my pets are trying to harass me, and <laughs> as great as they are. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, just like being outside and just not being, and yeah, it's the release of endorsement, like not just from running and stuff, but like yeah, being able to go out somewhere and just doing something else that's not being in lockdown
0: or just oh, I get it, I'm,
1: forgetting that you are in lockdown and yeah,
0: yeah, I get it. I mean, from the fitness side, I, I'm, I'm as we had a girl called Live who was in episode one. Um, I love spinning. And uh, I watched uh, something on YouTube of some people on a spin class and I got so jealous because I was like, oh, God, I just want to sit on a spin bike and get because the- I don't I don't get that through running or working out at home for me getting those like that particular type of endorphins out. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait for um, to get back on a spin bike again. But um, I know what you mean. And do you think you'll continue running? when gigs are back do you feel like that's become such a good release for you that having both of those will be actually quite a positive thing for you I think so I mean I'm
1: definitely going to go back to the gym when it all opens again because I miss that kind of side of things like the you know the achievement when you set a new like PB and stuff like that Um, so I'll definitely still run a bit maybe I've also got (laughs) the right side of my body is basically fucked so my ankle leg and everything and like my shoulder and back I just very temperamental at the moment
0: but I'm going go <laughs> are you, you right handed or oh yes I got
1: electrocuted oh, okay. like years and years ago and oh right okay that sent everything into touch and ah. yeah like old injuries from playing rugby and stuff like that my legs are just battered so right. I can only I'm having to run less and less which is really frustrating because like when you get like mm. part for a run I'm like cool I'm in a lot of pain now sick <laughs> I've got to turn around and run 5k back cool
0: <laughs> yeah no I can imagine and have it, like you said obviously you've got a problem with your right side how after a show is your kind of you know right arm right hand is that you, do, you, do you feel it or not initially
1: because I've still got like um, all the adrenaline kind of pumping and stuff okay. but then the moment it comes to loading out or I'm sat down I'm like oh yeah everything hurts again <laughs> we actually
0: had a show uh,
1: uh, uh, we actually had a show like two three days after i got electrocuted and oh god the second song in was stacks which is just all down picking and fuck me after that i was
0: in agony (laughs) i can imagine uh being electrocuted doesn't sound uh doesn't sound fun so i can imagine it happens more times than it should do (laughs) um Okay, so moving moving on to the next track. So we've obviously started off with quite a positive, uplifting kind of start to the playlist. Every playlist has that down moment where you yeah. kind of go down the hill. So we're talking about the kind of sad track. So the music you listen to when you're feeling a bit blue. Um, so before we talk about the pick, when you are in that place, um, what kind of music do you lean towards?
1: It varies quite a lot. Like I, I'll either go for a record and... Like pick out specific songs. Like originally, when I did this, my choice was Spanish love songs. Otis, Carl. Okay. A brilliant song, but I'm just like, it's it's whether or not you want to stay sad, or mm. if you want to try and get yourself out of that slump, or uh, whether you lean towards songs that have particular meanings behind it, like. We've all got, all got songs that you know remind you of an ex or a certain time and stuff, and it's like do you want mm. to do you want to get out of that or do you want to wallow and I do
0: have a tendency to wallow at times, but <laughs> I think that's all right though i think I think some people worry too much about wallowing and and I suppose feeling the sad, so to speak, but I actually think sometimes it's, it's you know everyone's allowed to have a sad day, everyone's allowed to have a bad day, and I think you know so much this year, I think something that's been overlooked is the mental health of lockdown um and, you know, when I've spoken to friends who are going through a tricky time and, you know, I've I've been through it, I've had a life coach and obviously I've had my mental struggles. I think I think one thing that I used, I used to feel really bad and quite annoyed with myself if I embrace the sad and if I really kind of let myself, and I think there's obviously different depths of how you can go down, but I actually think sometimes it can be quite healthy just yeah. to think, you know what, I'm sad. I'm just going to allow myself a sad day, give myself, you know, because I think if you feel it's going to only make you wallow more if you try and fight it. Um, and I think people think it's a weak sign to embrace the sad. But actually, I think sometimes it's actually quite good for you, especially if you need it.
1: Yeah. Like I've always said, um, like I've suffered from my mental health for God knows how long. Like I've tried uh, every different type of counselling under the sun. Um, I think last year alone, I changed my meds four or five times. Okay. Um like currently, I'm on, floxetine. I think,
0: but is that due to lockdown?
1: Um, partially that, partially just something that always kind of happens. Like, I just
0: okay,
1: I can get into my own head and that headspace very easily. Like, I'm convinced that <laughs> I might have borderline personality disorder. Right. I haven't got it checked out. That's uh, <laughs> that's a webMD style assessment. <laughs> but yeah, like it will take the smallest thing, like especially working with, like, I work in a coffee shop, working with Mm. like customers all day, people suck. Like you get some (laughs) proper horrible bastards in and a little thing, like one bad customer can just set you off for the rest of the day. Mm. And like trying to get out of that slump is so difficult and like it can really kill your motivation to do anything. Like, if I've um, had a bad day and then, I don't know, I'm get home and be like, oh, yeah, I was going to go for a run, but now I'm... No, I'm just going to sit here and eat five packs of lotus biscuits instead. <laughs> That's happened quite a few times. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, like, I don't think... Like you said, like, wallowing's not a bad thing, and I think people are too hmm. quick to be like, no, I need to get I need to get better, I need to get out of this. But it's yeah, okay yeah. sometimes, like, it's... Allow yourself a sad day, like fucking spend a day doing nothing. It's okay.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, order a Dominoes and watch some movies. It's fine. Yeah,
1: play COD and kill
0: twelve-year-olds for like seven hours. <laughs> yeah, and I've just bought a Switch. So I'm very excited to actually Sick. become a gamer again. I haven't owned a console in years, um, but that's besides the point. So back onto the playlist and <laughs> not gaming, I suppose. Um, what, what is your pick for your sad song?
1: So I've kind of gone for. Maybe a bit of a weird choice, but it's kind of one that sits in the wallowing, but it's such a beautiful song anyway. Um, Kate Bush, Cloudbusting.
0: Okay, nice.
1: Um, I did text you saying, I hope you're looking forward to just Harper and Kate Bush. Uh, (laughs) It's such a, oh God, it's such a light kind of floaty-ish song. Like I said, it kind of, it doesn't, if you take away the lyrics, it's not like a happy song. It's not a sad song. It's just, it just kind of helps you almost stay at that level. Um, mm. Whether you want to or not, it's, but it's just, I don't know. There's something so beautiful and satisfying about listening to like the string section. And yeah, it's, you can really grow onto it. Uh, Katie Malko recently did an amazing cover of it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, she's really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Kate Bush is just such a interesting, different artist. I guess the only per- other person you can kind of really put her with is like Bjork in mm. sense of like weirdness and originality. Yeah.
0: Where did this love for her, because you did pre-warn me about Kate Bush. Um, where did your love for Kate Bush come from? Is it one for your mum? Because you've really mentioned your mum and kind of being a musical kind of you know reference for you.
1: I'm not really sure, to be honest. I heard, um, oh, Run Up That Hill, which has now been covered like a bunch of times. Mm. Um, and just kind of instantly fell in love with it. And there was a, I heard a bunch of songs that I didn't realise were covers of hers. Um, so, I th- oh God, who was it? Future Heads covered "House of Love. I think oh, okay. way back yeah, when. Yeah, DJ.
0: Um,
1: Didn't realise it was a cover and went back found out, went back and listened to the original. I've done that with quite a few artists as well. Like, I'm a big Elvis Costello fan. And okay. it's because I heard the computer's cover Welcome to the Working Week. Oh, found, yeah. found out it was a cover, went back, heard the original. I was like, oh, sick.
0: <laughs> and um, before we move on, um, do you have a, when you do have these, when you're gonna listen to Kate Bush and you're gonna accept the wallow, so to speak. Do you have a certain place that you would listen to that type of music? Do you listen to it at home? Do you go out for a walk? Do you have a chair? Do you get into bed? Like, where would you most tend to kind of listen to that to that type uh, of music? It's either I'll either
1: go for a, a walk or like a very light run. Okay. Or in or in the kitchen. Um, I do all the cooking in right. my house because my partner Shiva don't know if she can't or just doesn't want to cook we've been together like two years now and i think she's (laughs) just accepted that i do all the cooking which is okay but like i'll get home from work and i'm like cool well, i've had a bad day i'm just gonna go make dinner listen to music and like like, by default it kind of seems to be the kitchen now
0: nice and what's your uh what's your kind of go-to what's your signature dish Uh, katsu curry probably oh okay yeah That's, that's cool yeah, uh, well, if I'm ever in Nottingham, I'll have to swing around and uh, try yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Man. I, I bloody love a katsu Um Okay, so the last song that everybody kind of the main playlist. I know there's an additional one. Um, is kind of that end of a playlist, end of your movie. The curtains are about to close. What's the song that plays this out and why?
1: Um,
0: so I've chosen this because I've had I've
1: said multiple times that I want this played at my funeral. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's Against Me, Sink, Florida, Sink. Okay. Doesn't have any particular meaning behind it and stuff, but it's like, I think it was the first Against Me song I heard. I just adore that song. Like, it's just... And it's it's got such a weird place on the album. I think it's off um, as the Eternal Cowboy, but it's plonked at, like, track number five, where it sounds like it should be an ender or something. Or, in this case, the end of my life. <laughs> uh, but it's just... I don't know. There is something very soothing and satisfying about it, and it, like any good punk rock song, it ends with woes and shit, and yeah. I nice. don't know. It's just I really like the song.
0: <laughs> well, I think you've done that really nicely. So, um, yeah, I love that, and uh, I love Against Me. So i fully I fully yeah. endorse that pick oh, as God, well. They're incredible. Uh, really are. Um, okay, the last track. It's that honourable mention. So a song that could have been included in any of the previous... I know you've spoken about a couple of other choices that you could have picked here or there for other picks. Um, but what is that kind of song that uh, you want to kind of put out there and why did you pick that one? Um,
1: so it was gonna. It was my second choice for the um, inspiring, uh, Inspire song. Uh, mm-hmm. Cave In Trey Panning. I think that's how you pronounce okay. it. Uh, it's... Caleb Schofield's, like, one of my big, kind of, who I looked up to in terms of bass playing. Like, him and uh, Brian Cook from Russian Circles, like, two of my big inspirations. And when Caleb died a couple of years ago, I was genuinely, like, so taken back and, like, heartbroken. And, like, a, a lot of people, like, whenever a celebrity dies, you've got people posting, like, a hundred, oh, I miss this like. but this genuinely hit a nerve. and. Um, mm. I've always looked up to him in terms of um, like his bass playing, his bass tone and just like all the other bands that he's done as well. Like he did Old Man Gloom and can't remember the other band. I can't pronounce the name but it anyway. Uh, but he's just so, yeah. And like, I love Kaven. Because I like, they, Kaven have a big, in, like a big hold on Palm Reader. Like a lot of our sound is in them. And? yeah and that song is very like caleb's- caleb does the main vocals on it it's very bass led and it's just cool it's big riffs and punchy and yeah nice it's very cool i
0: don't i I don't know that one actually um so uh I mean I may do if I go back and listen to it but the so I'm actually really looking forward to straight after this putting that song on um so does does that when you listen to that song does it you can't but help pick up a bass? Is yeah, very much so. Inspired? I've been trying
1: to recreate his based tone for like an eternity. Like I've even got <laughs> friends who have been on tour with K-Lab and be like, yo, can you just like get a picture? It was like, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing. Well, I think that's a great playlist. And I think the way you've spoken about the song choices have been really inspirational. So thank you for that. And thank you for being honest as well, because I know you've kind of spoken about some of your personal stuff as well. So I really appreciate it. Um, so what we'll do kind of when this is released obviously we'll share this playlist out um and hopefully people can use this can use these songs to help them along as well um, and have that emotional connection um please go and check out palm readers album sleepless because obviously i know it's been out for a little while but it's an absolute banger so if you haven't if you're new discovering them please go and listen to it um and yeah you mentioned some shows uh do you want to just do a little plug for them yeah, so we've
1: got. Um, shit, let me actually just see when they actually are. <laughs> so we're, doing, uh, we're going to be playing Sleepless in full um, at Rescue Rooms in Nottingham and the Garage in London. Uh, Garage is on the 25th of November and Rescue Rooms is 14th of December. I think we're announcing support acts soon. Uh, yeah, we're playing Sleepless front to back and it's probably going to be the only time we, we do it. We're really excited. And it's, yeah, it's going to be sick. I think we're also doing Burn It Down Festival in, I want to say Cornwall, but I can't actually remember. (laughs) And uh, shit, something else that I'm going to get in trouble
0: for getting. Oh, well, come (laughs) to the headline shows. They're the important ones. Yeah, well, I've got my ticket for the garage, so I'm very excited for that. So, um, great. Well, thank you very much for coming on, and it's been a real pleasure chatting to you. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Great. Cheers.